Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. So my first question is, why in the hell don't the Rams have indoor plumbing? This is the Press Box. You're not at a great point in your life when you have to take a dump in a port of trip, right? True. That's not a great day for you. With Grainy and Bischoff. Shove it in. Someone from the Hard Knocks who took a dump in the porta pipe. Like, they immediately blame the media. Like, we get blamed for everything. It's fine to blame us for, like, if you want, you think we're negative. But we got to draw the line that we're taking the dumps in the porta pipe. No. At that point, I draw the line. Hashtag we not me. What the Raiders are saying this morning. We not me. Don't believe it. Us. We'll show you. We'll go to Cleveland and take that 16-14 victory. What if they were saying? Didn't everyone <laughs> believe in them yesterday? Not, I don't think the books did. They hit the number right on it at two, two and a half. Well, they still believed they were going to win. They believed they were going to win. Just that they were going to play like crap and win. Golf clap, by the way, before they we get did to it. it. Golf clap to the books. I don't know how they do it. I, 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 that's why I said I don't bet. Me neither. I, I would have lost all my money yeah, if I, I bet. Because I, I, I would have been. I would have put every dollar I had on yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, I don't Like, bet. of course they're going to beat Nick Mullins by more than three points. What a disaster. The first bite. Did the Raiders actually deserve a win yesterday? I wanted you to say moral loss. It's a moral defeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a moral <laughs> defeat. <laughs> he did it. He did it. It's a I moral defeat. When, when Derek Carr spikes the ball with five seconds or three seconds left to set up Daniel Carlson's would be game winning field goal and comes running off the field, yelling and celebrating. That's a moral defeat. There is no chance. The Raiders should have needed a last minute drive to get into field goal range to beat that Cleveland Browns team. No, that's a moral defeat. Like we've handed out moral victories in the past. We've talked a lot about moral, you know, victories a lot of talk about moral victories. There yeah. has to be a moral defeat yeah. on the other side of that. That's a moral defeat for the Raiders. No doubt about it. That's a moral defeat. Like th- Nick Mullins was terrible. That oh. guy completed one pass of more than 10 yards yeah. in the air. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The entire game. He completed another one, and then some guy punched it out. <laughs> he was dreadful that entire game, and the offense was pathetic for the Raiders. Like, the Raiders' defense, yeah, maybe they should have like had a turnover or something like that. Like, maybe they should have set the offense up a little bit better because they were playing Nick Mullins. But how the hell the offense only has 13 points at the two-minute warning? What? What? Like, the Browns were down 22 players yesterday. And Derek Carr and the offense were terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. And not only were they terrible, uh, until the last couple drives, they were even pretty much even on run pass. I mean, did you get the sense? And they were awful. There's no question about that. But at least early, did you get the sense that Greg Olson said it is Nick Mullins. He's not going to do what he did to us last year, so we're certainly not going to make too many mistakes. And then they almost got bit for it in the end. Yeah. They almost got killed for it in the end because they didn't do anything for three quarters because they kept saying, well, we'll just kind of punt to this Nick Mullins guy because he's horrible and we'll just win the game this ugly. But when you do that, you set yourself up for complete failure. Um, Defense could have had some turnovers, but, I mean, if not for the defense, they lose the game. Right, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, there's no doubt they lose that game. If the defense has just a, a just bad an average game. Yeah. I mean, hell, if I can't remember who the Browns kicker is, he makes a field goal before halftime. Yeah, before halftime. 40 something yards. Yeah. Raiders got to score yeah. a touchdown on that last drive. And obviously, they approach the drive differently if they need a touchdown instead of a field right. goal, but they probably don't get a touchdown on that drive. So that's, yeah, that's a, a, it's a win. They're seven and seven. Their playoff lives are still alive. 
but I don't think you really feel good about yourself after that game. No, I don't think you feel good that they're going to go on because here's the scenario for the Raiders to make the playoffs. They are seven and seven. They're tied with Cleveland, Miami, and Denver, right? Who they currently hold the tiebreaker against all three of right. those teams. They play the Broncos. And if they, if they beat the Broncos, they'll have the tiebreaker. If they lose, then it'll go to the next step in the tiebreaker, but they're seven and seven. They're also behind Pittsburgh who's seven, six and one. And there's five AFC teams that are eight and six. So it's bunched up really tight there. And the Raiders are right there. But uh, New York Times has a playoff predictor. You can go through and select the winners of each game and see who would get in the playoffs. If the Raiders win out, regardless of the other results, they've got a 92% chance to get into the playoffs. If they lose one of their games, one of their next three, their odds drop to 30% or worse, depending on which one it is. And if they lose two, it's they're basically out. Okay, well, let me tell you something. That team last night can't win out. No, absolutely not. They can't win out. They not can that win, team. They can win Sunday yes. against Denver but with at Drew Locke. But the Colts and the Chargers in the last two games? Not that team last night. Assuming they don't have another CFL roster like they just played with the Browns because they have 22 players out with COVID. The way they played yesterday, they're not they're not beating a decent football right. team. And they've got to beat two decent... Are, are the Broncos two decent and a half. Drew Locke? Drew yeah, Locke's going to be the quarterback. Like, the Broncos have a good roster, but if right. Drew Locke is the quarterback, I have a hard Which time Which I think he'll be. That's a good team. But, like, that's the scenario for the Raiders. They have to... If they win their last three games... They're going to be in the playoffs. If they lose any of them, they're probably out. And the way they played yesterday does not, should not make anybody think they're winning their last three. No, that team last night, I, I, I wrote it today and I said it. They can't, they can't win out. Now, again, it's week to week. Brady has a five point fantasy week and can't get past the 50 <laughs> yard line. So who knows? I mean, they could, they could go on and do this and they could turn it. And for whatever reason, you know, like I said, they get a bunch of COVIDs on the other side, and we don't want that to happen. But who knows? Everyone, everyone's testing positive left and right, so you you never know. Um, I mean, they basically just won a game because of COVID. Because of COVID. And they could win a game on Sunday because of Drew Locke. And, you know, at Indianapolis, who knows what happens with Indianapolis. But, yeah, that that was – it was almost difficult to watch last night, knowing that, as I said, the uh, – the Browns had a beer hawker playing tackle. I have no idea who half those people were. <laughs> I, 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 I really didn't have any idea who they were. So it was... <laughs> Neither do the Browns. I don't think the Browns did. Well, and Basachi afterwards says, well, we were preparing for jerseys. Yeah, because you had no <laughs> idea who any of those people were. So you had to prepare, prepare for numbers and hope, by the way. And here's the other thing. Usually when you prepare for teams, you see guys on film. You prepare for jerseys. How many of those guys were even on film? I don't even know who you prepared for. Nick Chubb and yeah, I, I, that's I, it. Like it was Nick. That Chubb. was it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess David Joku. Like we know that name. That's a real NFL player. But yeah, it was Nick Chubb, and that was it. And the Browns tried to give him a hundred carries, and yeah. the Raiders' run defense was actually pretty good. I mean, they gave up a couple of big runs. He had but... like a hundred forty yards. No, he didn't. That's no. fine. Yeah, he was. He... Did he have a hundred? No, I don't even think he broke. I think 100. he had like eighty yeah. something. He had like twenty plus carries and was under. Probably under 90 yards. Yeah, a nice touchdown run and another yeah. long one. They're, the Browns' first touchdown, he had a big run and then scored. And then he scored the touchdown. Like six yards out yeah. or something like that. And that was pretty much it. Like, he didn't do a whole lot in that game. Hell, the Browns got the ball back. If they get a first down, they win the no, game. No, the game's over. They, they're one play away from winning yeah. the game. They and run, they give it they Nick Chubb three times, and he doesn't get a first down right. on those three plays. Like, that. that's the, by the way, that's the 91 yards sequence okay. of the game. How many carries? 22? 23. 23, yeah. Not a great day. Um, but that's the sequence of the game. The Browns coming out and 
not being able to pick up a first yeah. down. Because if they get a first down, no, it's over. Game's over, and Derek Carr doesn't get that last chance to go down and kick a field goal. So that like that's the sequence of the game. And the Browns, here's here's an interesting part because we are getting to a point in the NFL where if it's that that third and three where the Raiders got the stop to get the ball back, yeah. We've gotten to a point in the NFL where most teams on that third and three are gonna pass because they know right. If we get the first down, the game Game's is over, over, right? And sure, we're going to save some clock for them to go down and kick a field goal, but the reward of getting the first down and ending the game is much higher. I do wonder if Kevin Stefanski was there. The Browns also didn't have their head coach, by the way, yesterday. I wonder if Kevin Stefanski was there. Do they go for it with Nick Mullins? And if Baker Mayfield's there, or I, they probably are passing in that third down scenario, mm -hmm. more likely than not. And actually... If you look at the fourth down models that tweet out win percentage or win probability, most of them said the Browns should have gone for it on that fourth and uh, two or whatever. Really? Yeah. Because even from that part of the field. Right. Because if you get the first down, well, the game's over. You win the game. Now, right. at the same time, if you, you don't, don't get they're going to kick a field goal. The Raiders they're are like a pass away. Yeah. Line. They're like they're yeah. two passes away from winning the game. So it's basic. But basically, the, the idea there is you need to get two yards. You're, you're over 50% to get two yards. If you get two yards, you win the game. So the idea there is go for it, and you win. Uh, if you don't go for it, you're giving the other team, you know, over a minute yeah. to drive down. And, and again, a big part of that is because you're up by two, right, or up by one. You're giving the other team, all they've got to do is get in field goal range. It's not easy, but it's easy to get to the 40-yard line and kick a field goal as opposed to, you know, get actually into the end zone. So... The Browns probably should have gone for it in that fourth down, but they punted away because it's... little surprise in I, that situation they would tell them to go for it, only because of where they are in the field. Right, and the other part of that, and I can understand not going for it, is Nick Mullins is your quarterback. Yeah. Like, I like I can understand if you're the interim head coach, the acting head coach for a day, it's fourth and two on your own 40-yard line right. or wherever they were, and Nick Mullins is your yeah. quarterback. I can understand saying, all right, Let's just punt it away and hope our defense gets a stop. I can buy that, even though the math says you should probably go for it. But, yeah, it's a moral defeat for the Raiders. Did they take a victory lap? Did they get in the bus and take a victory lap around? Oh, man, can you imagine that? I'm, I'm more concerned about that hit that Derek Carr took thinking he was going to juke somebody. Oh, not the one he got hurt. Yes, that one was funny. When he tried to scramble for a yeah. touchdown from like 10 yards away. He's yeah, like, I got not, this. And this. And the guy just, it was like, that is how I would teach children how to tackle people. <laughs> and I still think he might have uh, held the ball out, which he just has this horrible he loves, habit he loves it. of holding the ball out so it can get knocked away. It didn't that time. Did you think he was hurt like, like we were seeing Marcus Mariota to finish the game? Because I that's what I thought. I mean, the guys in Cleveland we had there uh in our in our messages uh right away said he's hurt. Yeah. Like they thought, okay, warm up Mariota. Yeah. And like they show the on the replay, like his what was it, his yes. right leg got his, his leg, rolled yeah. up on. Yep. And I mean it it looked like an injury that you were like, Oh, that could yeah. be really bad. And walks off and then all of a sudden the next time yeah. we see him, he's sort of practicing his footwork, doing drop back, seeing how much weight he can put on it. I was like I thought we were getting Marcus Mariota because yes. I thought that was a lot more serious well, than listen it ended up now. being. We got Marcus Mariota. We did. We did. I mean, for more than one play. We did. Oh, short I don't know why yardage. Marcus Mariota doesn't like kind of uh, more taking himself on some of those uh, uh, runs to uh, Jacobs. I want to well, see Mariota read. run. You're I'd, reading I'd, what the defense. Yeah, it's his own like, read. You read yeah, what the defensive line does. I'd like to see does. him run more. Yeah. I, I don't want him just Well, if the off. defensive line says Mariota's in and the guy stays home, you give it to Jacobs yeah. and let him go. I know, I, so it's, it's just a read.
I just want him running more. Me too. I, I, want him, I want him. I want him doing as much as he possibly can. I mean, hell, he's probably a better runner than Josh Jacobs. Jacobs <laughs> was terrible yesterday. <laughs> he had like three yards of carry. They're like, yeah, let's keep giving this guy the ball. He's going to get us two yards. Josh Jacobs, back to back thousands. He's he's just over five hundred this year. No, he's been. He's I mean, been he's been, he's been. I mean, awful. the offensive line's been the biggest reason right. why. Exactly. Offensive line's been a disaster, train wreck the right. entire season, and that's why Jacobs hasn't been very good. But that's again. Why you don't draft a running back in the first round? Because their production has very little to do with them and more to do with your offensive line or your scheme and all that. But hey, the Raiders are 7-7, seven and seven and their playoff lives are still there. If they had lost yesterday, they're basically done. And Daniel Carlson is clutch. Oh, best player that on the team? That kid. He is. Oh, he's the most consistent, reliable player in the entire team. The best thing I heard, I was obviously watching it at a bar, but was someone going... <laughs> Ice him again. Ice him again. And it's like, that's you, you can't do that. And obviously it didn't it wouldn't have mattered. No, he kicked a better kick the second time. The first yeah, one, the the first first one, one like, may have like kind of looked I actually thought the first one I had to I had to look at the uh um the officials to see if it went through because it was such to the yeah, right. I'm like, did that thing like tail off? And then they said it was good in the second one, uh, Carlson right down the middle. What a great kicker. Good thing they locked him up. Coming up next. Foundational piece. Somehow there was a worse game than the Raiders and Browns played yesterday. That late third quarter where there was a, a fourth and one, what were you trying to get done there, and what was the confusion from your understanding of, of what went astray on that play? When I challenged it, when I tried to challenge it. Uh, the fourth and one, it was maybe going to be a bootleg for, for Justin, and Darnell was in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's just the that's a it's a play design we've had in all year long, and I you know I got to see it on tape. It was on the opposite sideline, but um, they obviously covered it. Um, so it's just uh, they, they give credit to the defense. Nine total penalties, uh, five personal fouls, uh, one including myself. That it was an emotional game, and <clears throat> I think that it sucks losing. Um, but when I'm you know talking to the guys and just knowing for for me to understand where they're at. And to see their fight, I appreciate that. When you get your manhood challenge, sometimes you react and you just have to keep, you know, I talked to the offense, I talked to the defense about being composed and just doing our job. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. So we had two football games yesterday. Both were dreadful. Somehow the Raiders and Browns played the better of the two games yesterday because the Bears, <sighs> well, they did score a touchdown on the play of the game but the Bears offense tried to not score for an entire game meanwhile Kirk Cousins and the Vikings won a game in which he threw for 87 yards yeah but according to Mike Zimmer at halftime that was too many (laughs) we are throwing the ball this guy and I look Dalvin Cook's a good back and everything but this guy is the same every year I think their offensive line might be worse than than the the, uh, Raiders but they're just as weirdly conservative as was the Raiders last night he doesn't throw the ball their 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 entire se- series is run run and then Kirk Cousins throws like a thirty yard incompletion. It's just I watch and I'm thinking this is the Raiders and then at halftime uh, we've got to run Dalvin more. I'm like, what's this guy got ten yards passing? <laughs> Dalvin Cook had twenty eight carries yesterday. I mean he just and, he never ends and only had eighty nine yards. Yes, like they the just jump. kept feeding him <laughs> over and over and had nothing nothing going. Uh, did you see? So Robert Quinn of the Bears. Um, he basically came out r- ripping the refs, saying these refs seem like they're controlling the game a little too much. If a play is clean and they're throwing a flag over something, they thought they can change the game just by one flag. I mean, let's play ball, guys. So, okay, 
what happened last yeah. night. The Browns got nine penalties for 91 yards. The Vikings got seven for 54. Um, neither one of those seems like ridiculous. Now there were a handful of penalties. There were a handful of 15 yard penalties against the bears that aided the Vikings, like two scoring drives the entire game. Right. But I don't know if we're, I don't know if that's the game where the we're looking around. I mean, the Vikings had a guy ejected. Kendricks got it or Hend- <laughs> Hendricks or Kendricks, whatever his last name was. He got ejected because he got two personal fouls. Like, I, I don't know if that's the game where we're looking at saying, oh, yeah, the ref no. threw in this one. It's a brutal game. And I'm telling you, I, I watched the Vikings. I thought it was the Raiders. It's and I'll, I'm gonna and they won. And I'm gonna complain as the Festivus man said about my fantasy team because I have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and the Festivus guy can call tomorrow and rip me again. Please do so. <laughs> please, please call tomorrow. Rip all of us. But but the Vikings won. Yeah, they were the they're good. Se- they're seven. I think they're they're the Raiders. They're, they're seven and seven yeah. and still in the playoff hunt. They were the good team yesterday. They won a game by of all four. Eight Ah, who is the best team of all four? The Vikings? Yeah, they played yesterday? Yeah. Or the... Uh, if the Browns one. are fully healthy, I'll take the oh, Browns. Oh, yes. If, yeah, if they're not missing 18 players, eight starters, the punter, and the coach. If it's Nick Mullins, then... Probably the Vikings. I might take the Raiders. <laughs> I might take them. Same team. Yeah, there's not much difference between no. the Vikings and the Raiders. No. I mean, Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are basically the same guy. Those are basically Both have the terrible same, offensive lines. Basically the same quarterback. They've been they've been above average NFL quarterbacks for a long time, yes. but don't really win anything. You have to have a good defense and good receivers and good offensive line for them to have a chance at making the playoffs. Like they're the same guy. I just keep seeing these things on Carr last night, four straight year over four thousand yards, all these comebacks, all these wins. I mean, uh number one passing offense, all of this. I'm like they're one of 19 years in the playoffs. And this guy's been starting for years. And all I hear is great things about Derek Carr. I'm like, what is going on here? They can't make the playoffs. And this guy seems to be really, really good. Because every time they say a stat about him, you're like, that guy's leading the league in a lot of things. Well, he has 4,000 yards, right? He's one of the top, what is he, second in the league in yeah. passing behind Brady still? Even after the zero point game even from Brady? Brady had I think he's still behind Brady. But a ton of passing yards. But it goes back to one of the conversations we have about the Raiders all the time. They suck in the red zone. Derek Carr has 20 touchdown passes. Like, that's not very many right. so far for, for for being the number two passer in the league to only have 20 touchdowns this year right. is pretty brutal, right? Because they get in the red zone, and they're just, they're just not good. Like, they're just bad in short yardage situations, in red zone situations. And that's, that's a big deal when we're trying to figure out how good is a quarterback. Yeah, it's great to move the ball down the field. And when you only need a field goal at the end, awesome get to the 35-yard line, kick the field goal, win the game. But when you need to score touchdowns, which normally you need to score more than one to win a game, Derek Carr's not good enough. It, he hasn't been good enough in the red zone for years now. Like, this isn't like a yeah, one One of two last night, I think. Yeah, this isn't like a one-year scenario. This is We've seen this for multiple years where they're, they're bad in the red zone. Was the only year that he was good in the red zone was when he had Michael Crabtree? Uh, Might have been. Was I don't even think they were that good that season in the red zone either. They okay, just, I just they were remember just him scoring a bunch usual. of touchdowns. That was the playoff year, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They were just better than usual, <laughs> but still not necessarily good. Like, so, yeah, I mean, this year, Derek Carr's not top 10 in passing touchdowns. Meanwhile, he's second in yards. That's not very good. No. Well, but <laughs> like, they, they. Brady's thrown 16 more touchdowns than him this season. 
Carson Wentz has thrown three more touchdowns than Derek Carr this season. And I think Carson Wentz threw two passes the other day. He might have, yeah. Only two. And Tom Brady didn't get to the red zone. I don't zone. think Tom Brady got to the red zone <laughs> the other day. He definitely didn't throw one against the Saints. All right, we didn't get to this yesterday, but it's a very important topic. The Titans, oh. they lost to the Steelers, but you know what they did before the game? They pulled the Raiders. They gathered on the Steelers logo and jumped around to pump themselves up, and then the Steelers beat them 19 The teams ever learned, the Titans had to hear what happened in Kansas City, and they just mimicked the Raiders. They thought, we're better the than the Raiders. We can well, jump on the logo. They are better than the Raiders. <laughs> Titans are better than hey, the Raiders. but we're all better than the Raiders. <laughs> We can jump on the logo, and we're good to go. And then they lose to Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, who just refuse to go away. Despite, listen, <laughs> that team has played a couple of times in prime time and have played some of the worst halves of football I've ever seen yeah. in my life. And somehow they're above 500 and still in the playoff race. I do not understand it. I don't get it. The Steelers are bad, but they're still here. They're still around at 7-6-1. and one. And somehow going to make the playoffs because tiebreakers aren't going to apply to them because they've got a tie. I don't get it. That team's not good. Tiebreakers won't apply because of tie. Did you like Mike Tomlin blowing the kiss to the camera? Yes, absolutely. Because oh. that was just so un Mike Tomlin. Yes. I thought, mm, Man, give that's Mike Tomlin. Yeah, give him some personality. That's, a guy, that, that's the same guy who two weeks ago was like, we're not playing music at practice. Right. Start playing some music right. at practice. Let's go. You think Blow I'm going to take a college, no. ga- college job? Are you serious? Go ask Andy Reid that. I love Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's great. I hope that honestly, he's considered like on the hot seat. And I'm like, if do I blew the kiss? Well, I'm sitting there going, if the Raiders get Mike Tomlin, oh. that's a like like that's oh, we're gonna be annoyed because the team will be like disciplined. Mark Davis isn't gonna hire a good coach. Come on, come on. You think he's getting Mike Tomlin? Boy, what it, what it, the welcome was worn out in Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin's available. Oh, if Mark Davis doesn't offer him ten years, two hundred million. million. <laughs> All he does is make the playoffs with bad quarterbacks. <laughs> Guys never had a losing season. The Raiders, the Raiders have done that twice in two decades. <laughs> If that guy's oh, available, he's, he's, yeah. If oh. they, you give you like, listen, we made fun of the Gruden contract and giving him too much control. If Mike Tomlin's available, I don't. Whatever the hell he wants, yeah. you give it to him. Like we're trying to find stability and a good coach and anything. The Raiders need that's Mike Tomlin. Like I don't, I don't care that he hasn't won a playoff game since 2016. I don't care. Oh no, he's, he gets, he's, he's yeah. always he in keeps the playoffs. Going to him. He's always he's, in the playoffs. He gets there every year. Bad years are eight and eight. Yeah. The Raiders' second best season in 18 years yeah. is 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> That's why Tomlin's worst. So, yeah, you hire that guy. All right, coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. David, how's the dishwasher? Does it work? Well, we, we had to take a break from that process. This week. Oh, um, not just out of respect for the holidays, but uh, <laughs> we can't can't really have people in in the house because we're, uh, we're sick. Oh, you okay? So this is going to be more. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. well. I mean, yes and no. Like, I mean, I have COVID, but yes, I feel okay. Okay. Uh, oh. But it's <laughs> but the um yeah, you got to get the got to get that booster shot because it's just kind of an annoying cold. Uh, if you get it, but if you don't, you wind up like my coworkers and have all the other bad symptoms. 
but yeah, it's it sucks. I mean, like I've gotten used to it at this point. Like now that there's not one that I periodically stub my toe on, I'm like, I could go another year like this. <laughs> just be like, that's our dishwasher. It doesn't work. It's not attached to anything. I'm on it. Like <laughs> if that's where I am in March. You guys should continue asking me about it. But I think uh, you know, we're laying the groundwork. We're, we got one last. I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars to spend, and then it's over. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and we can move. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. What are your thoughts on how we've seen our pro sports leagues in America sort of handle the last two weeks, where we have the NHL basically shutting down for like four or five days over Christmas, the NBA still testing the same, but going to allow teams to sign like emergency players. And the NFL going the complete opposite direction and saying, you know, we're just not going to test vaccinated players from here on out. So we don't know about the positive tests. It's weird because I've been trying to figure out, like, it, my instinct is always, like, just to assume that the leagues are doing the most cynical possible thing. And I'm not really sure in all of these instances, obviously, there's a lot of cynicism involved. I mean, like, they just don't want to have to give people their ticket money back. They don't want to, like, bail on a TV contract. And, like, so you know what, like, NFL owners are about and what NBA owners are about. And yet I think there's something in it that, like, somewhere in the middle of all of this is probably the actual response to, like, what's happening right now. Because it's spreading, especially, I mean, in New York right now it's ridiculous, but there's so much of it. And yet for these leagues, which are by and large, like, overwhelmingly vaccinated and in many cases also boosted in a way that the rest of society isn't, so, like, if the NFL did decide, because they seem to have determined, too, that there's not a lot of, like, on-field, uh, like, sort of transfer of the disease, that, like, having asymptomatic players play, like, is not necessarily crazy given where we are. It, it would have been crazy last year. I think it would have been really irresponsible. But given that these people are vaccinated and given what we know about the disease and, you know, now that we didn't know 12 months ago, that, like, that might be a reasonable response. I mean, to see what the NBA is doing, it's like there's the, you know, the part of me that uh, is into remembering guys is obviously really enjoying that. Like the fact that I got to see Isaiah <laughs> Thomas in an NBA game again, the fact that we're, I feel like we're like two more bad days away from Jamal Crawford scoring 18 <laughs> points in 12 minutes for some team. Like again, I, I think that's all fine. I just feel like it's good to see the NHL response to me seems like the, the one that like it makes sense in some ways it's like you know if people are sick keep them away from each other like that is what we you know know about how this works and yet like there's more to it than that at this point like i think you could afford to be a little bit more flexible it's just hard to you know at some point you're trusting jerry jones to do the right thing by other people and then where are you right well and you're also trusting players who supposedly are vaccinated and won't get tested now to be honest, right? I mean, a uh, guy wakes up and he coughs right. a few times like, well, should I tell anybody? Because I really want to play this week. Yes. And that's, I think, like the real sticking point, especially with all of this stuff. Like you'd have to have, and again, this is like, you know, so right. You can't trust the players. Do you trust your medical staff? Like, I don't know if that's true either. Like all of these guys work for the same people. And all of those people are in one way or another kind of like Jerry Jones. So like you have this really difficult thing to sort of verify and it is all dependent. I mean, in the NFL as everywhere else, like it's dependent on people taking it seriously enough to tell the truth about it. And I don't, you know, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I think this is the issue with all of this is, I mean, we've seen this 
not just in sports. You can't solve it with rules. You know, that there needs to be some understanding. Like, you need rules, too, but you need some broader understanding of what everybody owes to everybody else in order to make the thing work. And I'd hope that the players' associations would be helpful in that because I think that you can see this in the NFL. Like, the NFLPA was, like, really pushing for games to be canceled this week. And if you watched a lot of uh, NFL games this week, you might have wound up agreeing with them. I mean, this was like watching Nick Mullins play quarterback in an NFL game yesterday was like, that's the sickest I've felt um, after the 12 hours when I had the fever. <laughs> like, it really just did not seem he like it's something won. I was supposed to be watching. <laughs> and yet, like, there was a – you can see what that, you know, impetus is. It's just like at some point you've got to get the leagues and the unions together to understand, like, what it means. Because if you're relying on a guy to say, like, hey, I'm good to go, like, they're all going to say that. They're professional athletes. Right, you know, right. like, what else would you expect from them? All right, I'm going to give you some uh, recently retired NBA players, and I want you to tell me which team you want to see them fill in for on an emergency basis. You know, I was just thinking yesterday that I was hoping there would be a segment like this, so let's get it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Very excited. Joe Kim Noah. Oh, wow. Well, that's even better. I would love to see him uh, come back and play for the Bulls. They've been kind of spunky and fun. I think the fans would really enjoy it. And also, as far as I know, they have like four active guys still. <laughs> so they so uh, somebody who can pass and play a position up front would be very valuable. Dwayne Wade. I don't want Dwayne Wade to come back. <laughs> like, I love him, but I feel like this is one of those things where he's got to move on to the like hosting a game show portion of his career. Although if we're doing it for sheer like um, sort of like Namath on the Rams perversity on this, like him signing a 10-day contract with the Lakers, not playing very well, and then no one ever speaking of it again would be pretty funny. Uh, Leandro Barbosa. Oh, my gosh. Wow, this is really exciting to get to think about. <laughs> Leandro Bar- Leandrinho. Is he, like, still playing in Brazil probably somehow? Probably. I mean, he's only he's yeah. only 38. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like he's one of those guys that could come back and play uh, extremely well for – like the right sort of team. Like I, my instinct is just to stick him back on Phoenix. It's not like they, well, actually they kind of do need some guards. I've talked myself into Leandro Barbosa's <laughs> triumphant return to Phoenix. He's getting his ring. Roy Hibbert. <laughs> well, I have, I have to think of how early in the morning is it? Do you guys are thinking about Roy Hibbert already? All because of you, David, that's all we got. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. I, I guess I can't really blame you for this. Uh, put him on the whiz. DC fan service. People love him. They want to. They get him. Get Greg Monroe up there. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take to get people to go uh, watch Wizards games, but if it's four different Georgetown guys playing in the front court at the same time, I think that could work. All right, last one for you. Fresh out of the boxing ring, Deron Williams. Oh God, I don't like the hair. The um, <laughs> he had the uh, he had the um, demolition man look going on, and he punched Frank Gore, which I think is very rude. I always liked Frank Gore. <laughs> Uh, where would Darren Williams go? Because he already sort of did this, like, at the end of his career. Like, the guy had, like, a, a sort of a borderline Hall of Fame career and then did the whole, like, buyout waiver deadline thing with the, I think he was with the Cavs at the very end. So what would be the most, like, sort of cheesy ring-chasing place? Him, you know what, him showing up in Miami and getting super-duper fit, like, you know, like, heat culture stuff, and then getting cut, I think would be nice. Because I think he'd appreciate it. Like, it would just be like doing, like, a CrossFit retreat. Did you know he's only 37? Wow. Well, 
he played a lot of minutes early in his career, and probably was he like came out. He was probably twenty when he played his first NBA game. That's still crazy to me to think about. I mean, just as somebody who's older than thirty-seven, it's one of those deals <laughs> where I was like, "Oh yeah, when I was thirty-seven, I probably could have still, well, I could have given some minutes. I wasn't going to start, <laughs> but like <laughs> it's different. The idea of him having to box at that age. I mean, that's probably Frank Gore's probably forty, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Like once you yeah. once you've entered the like celebrity boxing yeah. stage of your career. It's weird that I had, like, opinions on that fight and I knew nothing about. Like, I was just, well, I didn't even watch it. I was just sort of like, I think it's, it's got to be Frank Gorman. You know, I could take a punch. He's been training really hard. And then there's always, every time one of those fights happens, one of the guys gets in there and, like, seems surprised that they're actually boxing. Well, like, he, that was like the Nate Robinson thing. Thought he was doing, like, a like a long-form, I think I can beat Mike Tyson video reshoot. And then, like, then he started getting hit, and he was clearly very unhappy about it. And he tackled Gore out of the ring. Yeah, that part wasn't of the, yeah, the, the shove was really weird. Like you'd think if anybody's gonna be doing stuff like that, it would be the guy that had played in the NFL. But yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess they both sort of trained. But there's that video I keep seeing of like Gore at some point like dropped his hands. I don't even think it was the end of a round, and Williams hit him like flush with a right hand, and you can see Gore's like facial expressions is like what are doing why did you just hit me and there's a part of this kind of like you have boxing gloves on man like you have to this can't have been that surprising well he is david roth from defector um hope you feel better david and feel better thanks guys i appreciate feel it better. yeah we, hang we, on there guys we look Take forward care. to another Bye. year of dishwasher updates thank david Take care. yeah we'll see you in 2022 with those <laughs> but yeah have a good one so there's david roth from defector uh and yeah let's listen bring back the old nba players just all the guys that are like 38 years old. You can sign emergency players for every player that goes on the COVID list. Joking no would be cool with the Bulls. The Bulls Bring are good. Up. They are. They're really good. Surprisingly. Yeah. They're not healthy. No. no, they're not healthy, but they're good. Can't play a basketball game at the moment, yeah. but when they are able to again, they're probably <laughs> going to still be very good. They were good beforehand. All right. Coming up next, would you watch a college football game in a movie theater? Guys that are on practice squad were starting on defense. So, you know, to come out and play that hard under those circumstances, and I will never, ever use that as an excuse because they're good football players. We have a really good locker room. And, you know, I want to give credit to our coaching staff for getting that, those guys ready. I want to give credit to our personnel staff, Andrew and his staff. They did a phenomenal job of bringing in people off the street to get ready to play. And these guys, a lot of the guys that we're familiar with, but uh, they came out and played hard tonight. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. We're going to have later in the show tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl to give away. Stay tuned for that. Also, Wednesday, tomorrow, Cofield and Company is their Festivus show. Call in, complain about us. Please and thank you. You can also leave a voicemail right now. If you want to get ahead of it, 702-473-0050. That's the voicemail line that you can leave ahead of time for Cofield and Company's Festivus show. 473-0050. 702-473-0050. You can call right now, leave a voicemail, complain about us, get it played on air on Wednesday during Cofield and Company's Festivus show. Would the Browns have been better yesterday with Johnny Stanton at quarterback? Oh. What a question. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they would have been. Nick Mullins completed one yeah. pass of 10 yards. To yeah, Johnny could have done that. He could have done two. I thoroughly believe yes. Johnny Stanton could have completed two passes. All the passes under 10 yards. Ten. And, and maybe had a few two more. Over 10 yards. 
I genuinely that, that would have been great. We would have seen a lot of tweets. Rebel. <laughs> rebel. Rebel. <laughs> the rebel. Where was Jet? Man. John, okay, we got to somehow get Johnny Stanton on the show. I've tried before, but they practiced during our show, which is brutal. But he had to like run to the coaches and been like, you know, I played before. I, I played in, in college. I did this before. I, I used to throw passes before. He had to have, right? I think he might have mentioned it in a meeting. He had to. Like, it had to have been one of the first things he mentioned. That, hey, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that before. I know how to do that. I, yeah, I got this, guys. Had to have. He had to have. There's not like if you're Johnny Stan, you're like, listen. Well, what, do, what does he have to lose? Who else just starting yeah. out there? Nick Mullins? I mean, at least he should have been like, at least make me the backup to Nick Mullins. Who was, did they have a backup yesterday? I was wondering that when Nick Mullins was warming up. I'm like, now what if this guy goes down? <laughs> Well, I, I had no idea who who would have come in. Maybe it may have been Johnny Stanton. I don't it think might. he was active because he was tweeting during the game. Oh, <laughs> okay. How can't he be active? Well, because they didn't have a problem with the fullbacks. <laughs> the fullback room was good to go. We made the fullback already had COVID. Andy Janovich had COVID oh. like a month ago. All right. So that that was it. Johnny Stanton had his what he played was active for two games, I think, and that was it. So fullback's not getting COVID again the rest of the year. I genuinely enjoyed speaking of backups. The fact that they like they showed Carr sitting on the bench, like mouthing things to himself, and then there's just Nathan Peterman in like a, a zip up, one like, of those zip up uh, big yeah, jackets like, they put like on, just like puffy jacket next yeah. to him, just sort of yeah, buddy. Mariota, not Peterman. No, Peterman's was... not on the team anymore. Well, he's he on is. the practice squad, but that's not on the bench anymore during a game. Mariota had the big jacket yeah. on until the Peter is not active. Until Peter I'm wins. telling you, the, okay, that I know what Marcus Mariota looks like. Uh, okay, unless there's some weird looking young guy in a jacket, who's their quarterback's coach then? Because they he res, he resembles Nathan Peterman. He oh boy, maybe it's Nathan Peterman now. Should have made him a quarterback. Mariota's got the beard now. He had the big jacket on, except for the three no, plays. No, I saw in. him, but yeah. it wasn't. He wasn't sitting next to him. It was Carr and a gentleman who extremely resembles Nathan Peterman. Jared also thought Nick Chubb ran for 134 yards, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you watched the game, obviously. Yeah. How about the puffy jacket on Kurt Warner? Very was, bright. I think it was puffy. That was pretty bright. <laughs> that's that was the word for it. Like, look at that was, thing. I feel like that's what you have if you're like a tow truck guy and you put that on so you can reflect the headlights and people will <laughs> will know. Hey, don't Jeez. hit, don't hit me. I'm on the side of the road. That thing, had, oh, that thing's okay. got to be right, very right. reflective, right? The, the tow truck guy putting the car on. I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah you got to yeah, have yeah, a reflective, yeah. something reflective, yeah. and you wear that. Yeah, that thing, that was, thing bright. was bright. That thing was really. bright. You put some headlights on that, and you're getting blinded. Yeah. And it's bouncing back right in your eyes. It's gonna be terrible. All right, important question for you: Would you go watch the college football playoffs in a movie theater? Is it the only ability for me to watch the game? No. No, then I'm not going. I'm not sitting four hours in the dark. Okay. Or five hours, depending on how long the game is. ESPN is partnered with Cinemark, and select theaters across the country are going to show the college football playoff in theaters. So you go to a movie theater, like you're watching a movie, I assume. You can buy popcorn, whatever. And you sit down and you watch the college football playoffs in a movie theater. From a viewing experience, I have to imagine... The size of the screen and the surround sound is going to make it phenomenal in that regard, right? But 
like you just said, are you in the dark for the whole yeah. time? Like, do they turn the lights out for the whole time? I assume. Because the other part of the story yeah. is that they're going to have the pregame and the postgame and everything. So we're talking five, five, six hours yeah. of darkness. I'm not sitting in that seat for that long. Right. And I don't think I, and the other part of it. Well, the other part of it is, I don't know if this is a good time to be doing well, this. Well, that's it. That's like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in COVID. Good point. <laughs> This is the year you come up with this idea? Like, <laughs> hey, what can we do to get a lot of people in one place now? But, like, the other part, if we just pretend like we're not in a pandemic for a second, if you want to go watch a college football game with people, right? Because obviously you could just watch it at your house. But if you wanted to go watch it with people, isn't it a better experience to be, like, at a bar where you can, like, Talk Walk? to people, yeah. Where you Walk can around? like, because I yeah. maybe it doesn't apply because it's not a movie. But I just feel like if I'm in a movie theater, even if I'm watching a sporting event, nobody's going to be making a lot of noise. Oh no, they're cheering. I think they're cheering if they're you know if they love one team or they're fan of one team. Well, I don't that's, think I don't think that stops people from like going crazy cheering. If you are a fan of like Georgia or Michigan or, or Alabama, Alabama or Cincinnati, yeah, there's I mean, no way you're going. Well, to you're this. not going to this. There's anyway. no chance. You imagine there's Cincinnati an fans? Fan. They finally get in. Where are we going to meet? Joe's house? No, we're going to Cinemark. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we're going to watch it in a theater. <laughs> don't worry, the chairs reclined. It'll be fine. And I'll tell you what, Alabama fans are certainly not doing it. Yeah, as crazy I, as they are, man. I wanna, I wanna watch you watch a Dodgers game in a movie oh. theater full of people. It wouldn't be good. <laughs> I wouldn't get through half of uh, the mixture of uh, um, milk duds and popcorn. They'd be, I'd be throwing those milk duds, those little milk duds, right at the oh, screen. Boy. People would see them flying through. What is that? Some guys throwing milk duds at the screen. You'd be like, "Look, Kershaw, I can hit the zone <laughs> yeah, from exactly. here." Dead arm, Scherzer. Well, you're not with us anymore. You throw your bucket of popcorn. Oh, what, when does Bellinger bat? Decent. Seventh, eighth in the lineup. <laughs> By the time he gets up, that popcorn's gone. Guy better be hitting every day now. He better Poor be. He better be oh. hitting for six hours a day. That guy. Six hours a day. Yeah, that guy better do. Doesn't he nothing. have to recover from his shoulder injury? Isn't that what part <laughs> uh, of the problem was? Toughen up. Rest the get shoulder up, Cody. Be bad next year. <laughs>